with what we're living right now, with where we are in the world today, um, is it possible to even build unity in today's times? Is it possible to build unity without sacrificing yourself? I mean, there is so much talk about how the fact that when you run for office, you have to sell your soul to somebody. And that somebody's gonna be the, the, the group of people that bankroll your campaign. And all I gotta say is, uh, there's other ways to do it. Uh, there's other ways to develop how you want to develop. You don't necessarily have to sell your soul, um, but the question is how? And, 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 and can you be successful? Got kind of truth in advertising. Uh, was I successful in my own political run? No, I was not. I'll be the first to tell you that. I, I learned a lot from that experience. I did run for political office um, back in 2013. When I ran for political office back in 2013, um, I learned a lot. I ran for mayor, um, and when I ran for mayor, I it was in my hometown of El Paso, Texas, and uh, I learned quite quick that there was a pecking order, a hierarchy, a group of individuals that were very used to bankrolling campaigns, and that that was pretty much the only door way into politics in my community. As I kind of navigated those waters and decided to say peace out to most people that were in that position, the biggest question in my mind turned to using the campaign as a way to learn alternative ways of coming into the political game in the community without having to sell my soul to these big power players. I mean, there was, there was, there was only a handful of ways into politics in my community. Now, this is a community that is a Latino, Hispanic capital of the United States, over 89% Latino, yet the, the voter base of that community is, is so disparate. Prior to this particular presidential election and prior to the Obama, uh, the, the Obama election, those, with those two exceptions, most of the electorate of that community was mostly you know, the affluent class and mostly the west side of El Paso. And uh, it's like that in most places in, in America today. Even if you're in New York City, there's a certain group of people that live in the Bronx. There's a certain group of people that live in Queens. And uh, there's a certain group of power players that control, that control the community, control where, where they want to take it. And it's this classic question of, is, is politics bought and paid for? Um, there is certainly a strong, uh, a, a strong presence of that. I mean, we've we've seen the the surgence of candidates like uh, Bernie Sanders, like AOC, uh, that have come to the to, to the into the mixing. I will not accept uh, corporate uh, donations. I will be grassroots. I will listen to my constituents. But that's not the norm. It's more like the exception to the norm. So. The big question for the evening's nightcap is, can we build unity without sacrificing ideals? I will say I'm a believer. Um, I, I definitely believe that we can build that unity without sacrificing ideals, but I think it's a function largely of, of building critical mass and a tipping point in, in terms of the views of the country. This, the system uh, of democracy is built in such a way where we are trying to be representative of the 
thought process, mindset, opinions, thoughts, ideas of the electorate. It's all been co-opted over time. It's all been co-opted over over a large period of time with a bunch of people just pretty much dumping a ton of cash uh, at certain candidates so they can vote their way in a particular direction. I hate this. I, I absolutely hate this about America. I do believe there is opportunity still in today's uh, situation, in today's reality, that um, you could have candidates that build unity but don't sacrifice or sell themselves uh, in terms of their selling out their ideals. Um, there's people that may disagree with that position, but I, I still believe in that. And I still believe that there is a, an avenue for that. And some of those avenues have been presented to us in a lot of people first movements that have been built throughout America over the course of the last few election cycles. We now have a great example in what Stacey Abrams was able to build out in Georgia. We have a great example uh, in what has been able to be built in smaller communities like the Bronx, where you knock off a, a an establishment figure by simply talking to the people and getting them to vote because this establishment figure was clearly bought and paid for by great powerful interests. And I still believe there's a way to do that, but you must be able to inspire. You must be able to uh, be able to count the, the votes that you will get all the way to the moment where uh, voting is taking place. And you must get those people out to the, to the polls. I mean, that's the classic traditional grassroots. If our system was to revert to that kind of situation where big, big money was not as involved as it traditionally has been, I think you could even see a shift in American politics. But right now, most centrists in America are actually very much for heavy donations, for the most part, on the, on the, on the federal level. Uh, and uh, you have their two kind of the very the, the, the left and the right all jockeying for grassroots movements. And it's like the, the center still wants to depend on uh, big time donors. And so for most people that are out there that are thinking about politics, regardless of the country that you're from, any democracy, unless you're in a dictatorship, I mean, that's, that's something completely different. But any country that's out there that's listening, that has thought, maybe you've been thinking of, maybe I should run for office or maybe I should get involved in politics. Maybe cynicism has bitten you a bit and it's been like, oh, politics, you really can't do much with it. I, I still think you can do a lot with it, but can you, would you run for office without selling yourself out? Would you be able to build an agenda that develops unity over time without sacrificing ideals and selling your soul to the devil? I'm glad that we have uh, a guest here this evening that is in politics in the state of Texas in the background and she's been observing things in Texas. And I know Texas is one of these states. It's gerrymandered AF. And not only gerrymandered AF, but has been heavily co-opted by big, big money. And, and so I will pose this question to you first, Des. Uh, what are your thoughts? Tell people a little bit about what you do, but what are your thoughts? Can, am I being too idealistic here? Is, this, is there no more room for authentic people that believe 
politics is a good way to 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 change uh, and to affect positive outcomes for their communities? Well, Hector, you're idealistic and that's why people gravitate towards you and love you, your energy and what you do. So no, I don't think that you're too idealistic. And I think that that's the only option that we have is to be idealistic, um, you know, during this time. Yeah, I live in Austin and I have been working for different elected officials as a aide and now I'm moving towards the um, advocacy, whatever you want to call it, yeah. lobbying, you know, um, part of part of um, politics. And so that's what I've been doing, trying to really find my niche, which is um, border relations, but and also helping people run for office. Um, I'm helping someone right now um, in New Mexico run for Congress. And yeah, it's, it's important. And But I do think that there's other ways to get involved. Someone, and it doesn't have to be running it for office necessarily. So so you're helping someone run in, in for office. You wouldn't be able to talk about the candidate, would you? <laughs> um, at this moment, no. Only okay, because okay. uh hasn't announced, but uh ah. soon, soon. Is it for the special for the special election? It is, ah, it is. Ah we're gonna need I to talk know. about this. I got And we already know we already know some people running for that, so yeah. I, I personally know. I personally I know. know I personally <laughs> know the person that is running uh, in that seat already. So yep. that will be an interesting conversation to have. And so uh, so without saying any names, uh, let's just say you're working for someone, you're working for a candidate. I know that your family has a huge legacy in, in, in political consulting, in guiding a bunch of these idealistic and maybe some not so idealistic people, but a bunch of these people, you've been in the game, your family's been in the game. So when you come up against this whole question of building your coalition and who are you going to get in bed with? And let's say someone is thinking about running for office, like, and they're adamant. They're like someone like me. Let's just say without using any names, we'll just use, for, for the sake of those purposes, you're advising me. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm not about to sell myself out to these people that just want to throw their money my way so I can vote in their favor. What options do I have or what would you recommend someone that idealistic that wants to do things for this for the right reasons do in those particular cases because for so long politics has been hey you gotta you gotta put some skin in the game to you know get to play in the game that kind of thing it's like uh, is there an alternative way of doing it what would you advise Advice man that's a great question um <laughs> i hope i wish that there were more alternative ways of doing things i think it's still there the, these old i think it's changing though um because you can raise money um as a latin you know young and running as an lbtq an lbgbtq LG. person that's all of that you yeah. know what i mean lgbt <laughs> there yeah. are funds yeah. <laughs> there are funds and and people that are willing to help you yeah um but at the end of the day um it depends on where you're at and who the typical donors are to political um campaigns and uh the the interests 
are still are still there at the end of the day and you do yeah. have to decide um do you want their money or not um yeah. can you do it without their money or not and unfortunately that's just how it is yeah but and and you know that's that's one of the that's one of the dark aspects i mean i gotta be I gotta be very honest. It's like it's it's one of these it's one of these scenarios. I think politics is still in today's day and age, with all the fraught division that we've seen, with all of the insurrection and all that. I still believe that it is one of the best avenues one could ever pursue to affect any kind of change. Uh, but there are certain huge forces that you have to contend with as an individual it's like you have to jump in into politics knowing your inner compass like you have to know north south east west you need to know exactly where you stand otherwise people see you as like prime to be co-opted like prime to be like toss the money principles compromise you're no longer the right kind and and this is now a system that's been built like over years upon years. So yeah, is it a way to still affect change? Yes, I still believe it is. Although I think that in order for you to be able to pull things off, you you still you need to inspire a ton of people. And uh, I believe in grassroots movements. I think that if I were to ever run a run again uh, for office, it would Which be, you will, it, it and I be, can't wait for it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm having a fun time building uh, an, an organization. I, and I think that's part of it. I think if we can get more like minds like this, uh, Des, like you, like me, uh, Alistair, I see, has come on to our conversation. Jack, I want to welcome you uh, to the conversation as well. If you want to come and, and speak, Mateo, welcome as well. If you guys want to come and speak, just simply raise your hand. We'll bring you right back up. But if we can build a coalition of people that really want to get into politics for the right reasons and that we can all help one another in building that basic way of 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 building a campaign, number one, and then beyond the campaign, building a group of people that support the candidate based off of who the candidate is, like old school, traditional grassroots level movements um, with, yes, I understand we need money, but you, we've seen models like the Bernie Sanders model. We've seen models like I would even venture to say some of these uh, some of these right uh, ultra right candidates that have been putting themselves out there. They're doing the grassroots model themselves. People like Holly have now just hit their highest uh, levels of fundraising, uh, even though I do not agree with their politics at all. But they've hit their highest levels of fundraising like right now. Uh, because they're getting all these micro donations from their grassroots people, which may believe, in fact, that 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 they actually genuinely believe Trump lost because of all the lies that have been fed to them. But um, you know, it's it's this. There is something there to be said about grassroots, and I I believe like the center is all co-opted. Des, I don't know what you think about this theory, but centrists, they're all co-opted. It's like. I, 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 th their hearts are in it for the right reasons, but a lot of them depend on some of these heavy donations so much that their center positions are almost anchored by these funds that they've received from these players. That if you were ever to take away those funds in order to get more support from people and donations from people, they'd have to take a position either to the left or to the right, and it would make them 
actually be more active instead of just kind of dead space in the center. But it's the way politics has been done in states like our own, the state of Texas, for just such a long time. No? I, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, as Tip O'Neill said, all politics is local. So it just depends on um, the powers that be in the place that you're running, whether it be the city level, state level, um, you know, in Texas, I think even your most liberal Democrats have a conservative side to them just because or if, if they want to raise money, um, they have to have a conservative side to them uh, because that's just how the state is. Um, if you really want to get work done, if you really want to be sitting um, as as a committee chair or um, what have you, yeah. uh, it's just what you have to do. Well, I mean, this is this is uh, the discussion. We're just getting started. So politics, can you build unity without sacrificing ideals? Des believes maybe there's a space for it. I believe maybe there's a space for it. Um, I don't know. We're now getting a good group of people joining us on our different media, uh, media platforms. And there's some questions or comments that have come in from a group of folks. I'm seeing some people I would love to see one day run for office. Like I'm looking at Ariel. Uh, Ariel, I'd love to see you run for office one day. Why don't you come talk about it, uh, it on Clubhouse with us? I see uh, Christopher, Christopher Farrell, who I know is involved in politics. Why don't you come to Clubhouse, Chris, and talk to us about what your thoughts are on this topic? I see I see a bunch of people also on, on the different media platforms. Just want to say we're watching for your comments, but it's easier for you guys to just come on Clubhouse and talk to us live. Alistair, you're in Mexico. Uh, obviously, I know that you are the kind of person that loves to talk about politics, but has like several concerns. Is there a way to still be a genuine candidate uh, and, and to do some good work in a, a place like your home country or no? It's completely out of the question. I mean, it could be. I mean, I'm open to the idea, but there's so many people with the right uh, intentions going and get corrupted. Like, I know a lot. I know a lot. Like, people actually, Anaya, uh, that is trying to run for office in Querétaro. And describe and to people, people who are listening know, to us, describe to people who are listening to us from other places who Anaya is. I mean, Anaya's well, a pretty big, was, big name uh, in Mexico. He was a, a candidate for the presidency, uh, where yeah. the presidency where AMLO won. And if I remember correctly, well, we know all know AMLO, uh, like, be everyone by f almost 60%. Yeah. But I think if not, it was uh, it was not me, it's me, it was him or one beyond the second with the most votes. But, well, uh, what I was going to say is that Anaya actually went to my school in Querétaro. Okay. And I do know some stuff that he did a bit fishy stuff. So I don't know. It begs the question. He went to my school. He went to the same ideals as I did. I'm pretty sure he went with the good intentions. And in some way, he got corrupted. So, yeah. I mean, I know it's very different here in Mexico than it is in the United States. There's corruption everywhere. But let's be honest. Mexico is very corrupt like there's no denying it it's very very corrupt and i don't know honestly actor i i mean i want to be like positive but i don't know i mean we have to change the the system for it yeah. to work 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying from the root up, but it's very. I, 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 it's, you have a I problem. I would say with at it, the moment, yeah. no. I would say at the moment, no. It's not. Maybe uh, municipal, the. Well, for people that know, no, is the state. I mean, well, it's the country. Then there's state, like states, like the like the United States. Then there's municipios. I don't know how it's yeah, it's yeah, in English, municipalities. But it's yeah. like I have municipalities exactly, and maybe in the municipality level there could be something. The problem is, is that the budget is very limited. Here's but, so, so so okay, all right. So just indulge me for a second, and for those of you listening in, uh, the topic for the evening uh, is talking politics can you build unity without sacrificing your ideals obviously from that discussion we've segued into corruption can we deal with corruption or do you actually have to start getting into corrupt ways to actually i don't know like and i we now have comments from the united states and now from mexico it's like this i alistair when i look at mexico and obviously i'm from the outside looking in because i'm I, i've been more of a product of 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 the United States than, than of Mexico, even my even though my familia is Mexicana. Um, like, I, I would say, as I observe, like, I we did just observe this one crazy candidate, which actually I do not like his politics anymore, the current president of Mexico. But we just got done observing how this guy lost the presidency, not once, not twice. I mean, this guy lost a significant amount before he became president. And then he built his own party and kind of crisscrossed the nation. And I gotta frame this up by saying, I, I don't like his politics right now in Mexico, but it does kind of give a hint of a model that I think hasn't been pursued enough in Mexico and in the United States and in other places. The whole model of saying, ah, eh, I don't agree with this model. I'm going to build my own model. I'm going to inspire people to follow that model. And I'm going to get people to eventually say, this is the new way. This is the way of doing things. AMLO succeeded in that. He is failing miserably right now in governing, particularly with the pandemic. I mean, he just caught COVID. His, his, his austerity politics, I have a problem with. We can get into that later. But, you know, at the end of the day, If, if there is a group of individuals that want to see change in Mexico or change anywhere, I still believe in the tipping point. It's like, can we build a band of brothers and sisters in Mexico? Can we build a band of brothers and sisters in the United States, globally even, that want to remain true to their ideals and that go about creating the party, creating the crisscross inspirational of, you guys need to join us Uh, all over the country. I know it's a lot of work, but hey, if AMLO did it, like, what's to say that it couldn't be done again? Or am I just being too ideal? Am I being too idealistic about it? What do you think, Alistair? I mean, you're not wrong. AMLO did that, but it took him almost 16 years. And also, he lies a lot. I mean, it's not like he did it in the most idealistic way. He yeah. does lies a lot. He's one of those, he's similar to Trump that He says to the room what they want to hear, but and ends up doing something completely different. So he did change the system in a way, but at what cost? To he didn't do it in the most amazing way. So I, I don't know. I mean, 
So, so it's kind of up for discussion. I mean, I get it. I get it. it. Is, it there's is a lot of discussion. there's a lot of frustration, and frustration leads to people being cynical at times. I, I myself have been a cynic in politics, where you're like, I give up on this. I'm not even going to invest more time but into it. However, and I gotta say, when I ran for office, I felt like that a little bit too. Go ahead. But, uh, but I've been like getting my hopes up in more like organizations like yours. Like we've been, I've been working with a. Like a, it's not. Well, they call themselves a, a social business. I really don't know the implication of it. Yeah. But it's not like an NGO, but it's a social business. Yeah. But they've been doing amazing work. So yeah. I've been more of the idea that you can do, well, at least in Mexico, I think you can do more stuff without get without getting too much into politics. I think that's the way right now. If you I look know, at, it's yeah, not the best way, but. <laughs> Right now, at least is what I see. It has it, yeah. it's done the the most change. Like we've been working with a community, La Sierra Gorda. It's a very first uh, away state from the center of Querétaro. Yeah. Well, sorry, um, municipal, and um, it's 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 kind of underdeveloped. It's like in the in a, like in the mountains in a community like called that's where the library uh, yeah. was built actually, and we've been doing really cool stuff over there. I mean, I've been very there, proud of it. Uh, I And there is something to be said, and we can definitely have another conversation about it uh, one of these evenings about the, the impact you can make with social entrepreneurship and other ways of, of generating social impact, because that's exactly what I got into. I got into building an organization to generate the impact I once wanted to at least affect in my small community, but then I kind of took it global and I, I i maybe i got a little too ambitious about it but we can talk about that another time i also want to give an opportunity to 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 get some more thoughts in i mean i see i see jack i see david i see uh gel all on our conversation jack you've been quietly uh kind of listening in and i see that you're uh really involved in like free political uh outreach platforms and nonprofits and the like so it seems like this is this is your cup of tea thoughts on our discussion thus far Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. I haven't fully listened to the entire thing, uh, but I do think that, you know, unity in politics is possible. And I think that there's kind of two different approaches that get taken, um, especially in Congress. So the first being, you know, working across the aisle. I kind of see Joe Biden as taking this approach, you know, through his political history where you work with the opposite side and uh you know your initial vision ends up becoming slightly watered down to meet in the middle yeah and then there's the other uh, what i call coalition building which i think that um there's huge potential for um with especially up and coming progressives in congress um someone who i really like that's running right now uh nina turner in ohio Um, in the special election in the 11th district. So yeah. um, why I like her is she's big on coalition building, which is less so of working with the entire party to make concessions and more of finding, you know, specific small coalitions across the aisle who agree on exactly on the same thing. So when you look at like progressives and then, you know, maybe the paleo conservative almost, uh, new Republican types that have come up post-Trump, you know, there are actually some things that they totally agree on, um, which I think they should work together on instead of 
just see each other as the mortal enemy because you know the progressives and the, the paleo conservative trump types yeah like kind of go at each other uh to the death especially you know publicly and and in debates but you know like when it came to stimulus checks you see bernie sanders and, and josh hawley agreeing um and it's like there there's no concessions that need to be made there they totally agree on the outcome and on the same position and and there's plenty of other things and uh you know you just have to focus on an issue by issue basis you know if they disagree on 99 of issues but agree on one you know it's still worthwhile to work with them yeah. to get that end goal i mean i think that's totally the future and i think that there's some some cool progressives uh coming up in in politics that can make that happen man I, i love your i love your thought process you're already kind of looking at the at the nuts and bolts of how you can actually achieve unity in congress i'm, I'm kind of like you in terms of the i'm observing to see how this all shakes out we got kind of the initial volley from the biden administration and the senate dance and i i kind of want to see if if the whole thought process of you have a lot of pundits right now on television saying you know is this dead joe biden is you know in his it, it now approaching you know 80s and uh well this guy is going to be kind of old, too old and is he talking about a politics that's too old and so you come back to the table saying well unity may be possible it's it's a, it's like a delicate dance i i want to see if if it can actually work one of my operating theories is that it may actually take a little bit more radicalization of the system and i'll get to that in a second uh, as to what what i mean exactly by that because i don't want to mislead people but it may take a little bit more radicalization polarization for the center to finally budge on the fact that they can no longer depend on these these very centrist uh, positions that that tie them and that they're going to have to take aside to keep their voters happy there is now a push on the right and on the left to really be working off of these micro donations for their campaigns to continue to be successful or for them to continue to be and to remain in elected office it used to be that the formula before was well once i'm in elected office if i start playing ball with some of these lobbyists and if i start playing ball with some of these people that represent larger interests well then maybe you know they'll keep giving me millions of dollars and i'll just keep my cushy seat forever endeavor endeavor i think that that caused a toxic centrist not that centrism is bad because I, i i actually am more moderate uh, although i do lean heavy left now uh but i in my nature is to be more moderate but it's that it's like now you the most moderates are compromised moderates so i think that this initial dance that began began with biden um is is gonna is gonna be interesting i i hope uh this is a rebirth a moment for unity um i hope that it's not just simply a all right well we're just going to go the, along the lines of of everything the the minority party wants because otherwise they're going to filibuster or otherwise they're going to you have to maintain your ideals and i think that that's exactly why we're having this discussion it, it goes from the moment of campaigning it goes from the moments of co-opting your ideals at the moment you accept money or you accept your coalition because it is coalition building as you said um but it also goes all the way through your actions in congress and what or or in elected office and what you choose to do but but interesting all right so we got the beginnings of a of a of an amazing badass discussion like i like 
David, your thoughts thus far. I see you're joining us. Uh, you've been quietly listening. I see like, you know, you're you're in the academic world and you, you got your PhD and such. I mean, I'd love I'd love to get your take on on all of this. Let me let me sit for a little bit more, Hector, porque este quiero quiero ubicarme un poco más a lo que está pasando y el tema que estamos hablando. So, por favor. Dude, definitely. You know, you changed your picture, bro. So when you changed your picture, I was like, I did not know. I don't. I know you can go deep. I'd love your take on politics, bro. So whenever, whenever you're 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 up to going, let's let's go. Um, Gel. Uh, we got Chef Theo here, who's who's a regular on the on the nightcap crew and just get, likes to go deep. Can hey, we? Hector. Yeah, go ahead, Alistair. Is, uh, well, when you said something about sticking to your ideals, isn't that well? Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but isn't that what Bernie Sanders did right? Like there's videos of him like almost like 25 years ago talking about the same thing that he talks about today and that ge and that gave him a lot of popularity so you you mean like populism it's because i'm having a hard time hearing you man you come you come through a little muffled on the on the on on the feed ah sorry so that isn't what sticking to ideals what is what did the uh, made bernie sanders very famous yeah I mean, I, when I when I'm talking about, I I, I don't I don't I mean I, I I literally would love to get you to to send me a text because I'm having a hard time listening. Maybe you could change to headphones or change the way it's it's coming through, Alistair. At least on my end, really muffled, so I can't really understand the question. But I think you're asking if if I'm if I'm using examples like Bernie Sanders or others. I mean, Bernie Sanders is a model uh, in terms of not accepting. Uh, big donations. I mean, he went grassroots big time. It's not the only model that's out there. You can actually approach other models. And I'm not sure if that's the question you had, but if, if we can fix your audio feed, I, dude, I'd be glad to go to town with a conversation and maybe bring in Jack, David, uh, Jell into the conversation. And, and if you want to join us, please do. I see people listening to us on TikTok and on Instagram and on YouTube and on Twitter. Hey, if this is a conversation that you've been kind of playing with in your mind a lot, about politics, just come join us on Clubhouse and have a conversation with us. Jell, your thoughts on politics thus far, man? I mean, uh, it's, it's heavy, man. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? All right, so I don't want to offend anyone with what I'm about to say, um, but I think that the people that represent us aren't the accurate people representing us and who we are. And I think that in order for unity to happen there needs to be a change in the people that we're voting to represent us dude you're so right about that man i mean it, i was just having a conversation off off offline uh with one of my closest friends and we were talking about uh the fact that right now essentially we have a situation where the candidates that are so-called representing us are are co-opted in like three different ways number one our states are super gerrymandered and they're gerrymandered to the point where the actual population that lives, resides and, and is the day-to-day -day, everyday person in these districts, they aren't proportionately represented because of the way things have been cut up. I mean, you have a district in Texas that goes from El Paso, Texas, my hometown, all the way down to San Antonio. For those that don't have kind of a like a stretch of the imagination and knowing how big Texas is, I mean, 
It's closer to go from El Paso, Texas to Los Angeles, California than it is to go from El Paso, Texas to San Antonio, Texas. That's how large the, the area, the space is. There's a lot of rural community there. And the reason that, that that district exists, the reason that district exists is because, oh, good old Texan politicians gerrymandered the F out of that state so that proportionately they could get like a Republican super duper close to a very uh, democratic city, El Paso. Um, and that's how they roll, you know? And so one of the representatives that we have in Congress uh, was w from that community was Will Hurd. He's a Republican, but he was friends with Beto O'Rourke, who was who used to be the congressman from that area. Now it's uh, Congresswoman Veronica Escobar. But the point that I'm trying to make is what you're saying, Joe. These people don't represent us not only from the point of view of you gerrymandered the F out of our community, but number two, you also don't represent us. Well, because our community has been so disenfranchised that many of us no longer vote. And for the longest time, we had that kind of situation uh, all over the, the, the country until now with the Biden uh, presidency where people realized, oh, wait, like, snap, we really effed this up. Like, we should go out and vote because we no longer want a guy like Trump leading us. Leading us. And so... You know, what, what you have is a bunch of people saying, all right, well, now I realize, oh, snap, I got to go out and vote. But so many people were just disenfranchised, like saying, like, my vote doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it, it, gente Latina, you know, going in El Paso, like, what, por qué, por qué debería de votar? Like, why should I even vote? And this is an 89% Latino city. Most voters came from West Side El Paso. And what was that side of El Paso? Well, the more effluent side of the city. Uh, geographically kind of our ethnic breakdown for that area is trending white you know it's like th these were so disenfranchisement you know and so you don't have a lot of these uh leaders that are actually speaking to the voice of the right people and the third way that they've co-opted the leadership is the third way is the big money big money comes in and once you have an allegiance of like you know upwards of a couple million for your campaign you now owe these guys. You owe these guys big. And, you know, if they if you don't do their bidding, they take away their money from you. And so the avenues that we have in terms of getting the kind of representation we need to build this unity becomes harder and harder. And that's why I think I do believe we can build unity. But like you said, Jell, I kind of agree with you right now. It's like in order to get that unity, we need more authentic candidates to come out there. We need more people that like the nuts and bolts like Jack was talking about a little while ago. Uh, we need more people that are passionate about issues and studied up on the issues like David. David and I have gone to town on education issues here on Clubhouse and we've had a blast. Like just knowing the truth about educational policy in America and how like it's kind of skews in another direction. I mean, you know, Alistair has been talking about Mexico and, and how he feels about Mexico. If we can get genuine people like us to actually get elected in a non-co-opted way, then we could have a start of building a tipping point. And you start seeing that maybe now, I, maybe some may not like the politics of the squad, but it's the first coordinated group I see out there that is actually trying to elect candidates that are of like minds building movements to get them elected and they're everyday people a bartender 
a principal, uh, people that, ha that that are just true, genuine community members that, you know, have been trying to reject these heavy donations. And I think that's how you build unity. But I don't know. I want to welcome Ima to the conversation, talking politics and uh, how we build unity out of sacrificing ideals. But anybody want to jump in on on your thoughts of what we've been going on here for, for a while? Can we do this? I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe you disagree with what I just busted out with. Hey, I, I totally agree, you know, on the on the campaign finance side as well. I think that's huge. Um, you know, when you look at like congressional approval ratings, I mean, they're terrible right now. Um, but typically the people who are running on grassroots, you know, completely people funded campaigns uh, have higher approval ratings right now. I mean, they're yeah. just because they're actually representing people's ideals. And those who have really low uh, approval ratings are, you know, the the officials who've been in the game for, you know, 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and who um, have massive amounts of funding because, you know, I've worked on a campaign before and it's, you know, we were challenging an incumbent and we lost, but, um, you know, the amount of money and resources that you have as an incumbent and as someone who does take, you know, PAC money and, and corporate money, you know, it's an insanely hard battle to fight um, just because of awareness and media that they get, that they they can make their uh, constituents feel like they're the only option. Um, yeah. And so they're stuck with, they feel like they're stuck with, you know, that person that they're not totally happy with the job they're doing. And so I think, you know, getting that big money sources out of politics um, will better uh, portray people's true you know ideals and values yeah. in politics i mean jack you're right on the money man it's like i would give money i would be more comfortable giving money even though it may not be a ton because i i mean i'm not a i'm not a rich billionaire or anything like that and anything approaching that uh i wish but i'd be more comfortable giving of my like limited resources to someone like you Someone like David, someone like Jell, someone like Alistair, an everyday person that I know kind of based off the conversations we've had that has a genuine interest and a passion in figuring out ways to affect change. Like I would be much, much more comfortable giving to that candidate than say uh, my current congresswoman or my current mayor in, in, in my own community of El Paso. And, and the reason for that is because I know for a fact that even though they have done some good work in some areas, and I can point to that, I can say, I'm glad uh, Congresswoman Veronica Escobar was there for El Paso during the, the massacre and she fought back against Trump really taking this and trying to turn it into like one of his uh, so-called dog whistles, which aren't really dog whistles, they're bullhorns. but. He was trying to do that and, and the city kind of stepped up under her leadership. I can attribute and say thanks for that, but I can also say I know the heavy donations she accepts. Like it's public, it's public documentation and, and that kind of influence on her and I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, but is there another way? Uh, yeah, I think there's another way. Has it come to my community yet? 
No, unfortunately it hasn't. There may be a few candidates in, in kind of lower offices that may be trying that right now for council and for other places. But I think we need to see more of that. And we need to build more conversations like this that build the inspiration for people to maybe say, all right, I'll try it. I'll, I'll at least throw my hat in the, in the ring. And I, I wanna see more of that because if we don't have more of that, then it's exactly what you're talking about, Jack. It's, it's gonna be more of this there's this more old, old old way of doing things and I, I just i'm not sure that that's the way that's the pathway to unity as we've been discussing so i see des has come back into the conversation fold and i know that she's like wheeling and dealing with with candidates i mean des as you've listened thus far i mean am i just being too idealistic and just too like super duper far-fetched about what politics can be I, I ask you this like for the third time because it's like my litmus test to see if if i'm just going way off the deep end or if there's maybe from someone who comes from a from a consultant world there may be some truth to this no i do think there's truth to it and i also think that there's um more access to information and people are becoming more savvy voters and wanting to know um, who their candidate takes money from, what super PACs are they, um, who are they beholden to? I think yeah. all of this is coming to light. So um, inevitably, it'll change for the better. I hope so. I mean, I, you know what I really wish I could do? I wish I could whenever when if, if we were back in like campaign days, like when I was either working for candidates I really uh, loved or admired or or when I was running myself, I wish I could have had access to that information and in a good con like like digestible yes. format for people so that people could actually see like, boom, right here. Like, let me show you who this person is. Let me show you like, but it's just so hard. And then when when you don't have access to that, you know, you, you start getting into a, a a battle of narratives and, and people try to put out narratives about you or people are trying to put out narratives that tell another story that's not really the real story and you have this battle of narratives and then you get into situations where like trump like it was just a flat out bold you know flat out bold lie that he's trying to pass off as truth and then people don't know right from wrong and then you that's the problem with like the narrative politics as it's been developed and i think when when more people go in with genuine authentic narratives is maybe the opportunity where we can have our community our communities actively and, and positively represented in such a way that that builds unity even because if you have authentic players on all sides then at least we can use the democratic process to get to some middle ground but if everybody's just you know posturing on the extreme polar ends and in the center it's just all controlled center by big money it's like almost impossible to budge that but that's my operating theory you know i don't i don't know yes and i think um i mean i see you in the future running for office uh so i'm excited for whenever that happens <laughs> But you know what I will, I will say to that? I'd like to see a, a, a few more successes. Uh, and I'd like to see the organization that has now consumed the better part of 
I mean, I filed my my incorporation paperwork and the foundational documentation for the for the the organization, the foundation, all the stuff like I was trying in 2006, and like I actually started working on it like in 2013. And it's all about social impact stuff, the same stuff that we're we're chatting about here. And I don't want to get too deep into it because that's not our conversation. But when I see maybe a little bit more of those things developed and I can actually step and say, all right, like this is now on its own, able to 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 continue along its merry way. I think at that moment, maybe. But until then, it, I'm still gonna talk about politics and I, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna talk about the best ways of, of creating change. And I still believe that we can if we can get like I, I'm a, if you haven't read the tipping point as a book. Oh my gosh, you got to go pick it up. And and if you if you've enjoyed this conversation, you'll enjoy the tipping point. And it's not about politics. It's about building like a critical mass up to a point where you can tip the scales on any subject, on politics, on change, on social impact, on building a business. On it doesn't matter. It's how you build a tipping point. And it's it's like it's it's part of the philosophy behind grassroots movements, behind people movements, behind like anything that requires people power. It's it's just how are you going to build the critical mass? So the thing I love about Clubhouse, to be honest with you guys, and the thing the reason that I've gone crazy with this experiment and trying to get a bunch of friends involved and doing it as much as I can throughout the day uh, is because I think that like even though I have like my responsibilities and stuff, this is an excellent excellent opportunity to engage with people that may love politics in this particular case and maybe we can convince jack david des like gel alistair uh to be a part of the discussion and not only be a part of the discussion but maybe one day convince them to run for office themselves and then if we can all build this group up then then we have a coalition to work with right I, at least that's my operating philosophy i'm not sure if this is going to work or not uh but but i think that 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 is that that is where the future is. So I appreciate you saying those nice things, Des. But ah, uh, man, I think I think it'll be a while before I, before I actually throw my hat in the ring again to run for office. <laughs> Not me. Oh man, you. I had a chance to run, uh, and you know Chicago is a political machine, and I had a chance to run right just prior to graduate school, and I was working for a, a state level senator. Yeah. Like doing all his policy stuff and all his data analytics and getting to know a bunch of people hanging out with uh, with like the second in charge of the fire department because we were all the same age, second guy in charge of the fire department and the police officers union and all kinds of stuff. And everyone's like, you got to run, you got to run. In Chicago, we have these alderman positions. Yeah. Got to run for alderman. And I was like, nah, dude, I can't do it. <laughs> That's one world I got. No, I have interest in in dismantling it and talking about it and having a healthy discourse about it i got no interest in in being a part of it i don't know why <laughs> like it just seems such like such a it seems like you have to you have to like pat your friend on the shoulder with your right hand and stab make a deal him in the back with the other <laughs> say that again and stab him in the back with the other <laughs> no or like make a deal with the devil with the left hand you know like yeah pat your you pat your you know you pat your compadre on the back with the right hand and you uh you make a deal with the devil with the left hand like i i don't want it just seems a little disingenuous at times you know it does and i think that that's that that's what dis, that that's what creates the dissuasion effect and you know for for people that 
are just joining us, I want to welcome uh, Roya, Nathan, Angel uh, to the conversation. We're having a, a legit conversation on politics that's just real and 100%. Like, and, and the whole premise is, can we build unity without sacrificing ideals? And now we've gotten in the conversation that that David's bringing up and, and a bunch of others have brought up is the, the whole factor of corruption. Can that be mitigated in some way for those that actually have ideals or wanting to develop an agenda? And so we got into talking about the grassroots movements and all of that. I will say this to you though, David, to get back to our conversation, by far, I, I will say this, and I mean this, I, I, I mean this brother, it's like one of the, some of the best conversations I have had about policy in terms of education, And, and just like deep dives have been with you on Clubhouse and we've seen each other kind of like in different rooms and stuff like that. But I've, I've totally, totally, totally connected with, with you on so many levels, in particular to the education experience and the education policy issues we're, we're facing uh, in, in the academic world. And it, it's like, I, I, I crave for that level of genuineness to also exist in politics today. And, and I, I, I rarely see it. I am beginning to see some of those things in the squad. Uh, and I, I know some people may not agree with the, 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 the politics of it, but to see people that are passionate about their issues and that have built up a grassroots movement and are trying to get other everyday people in, I mean, that's what democracy was supposed to be to begin with. It was supposed to be more conversations like the ones that you and I have been having on Clubhouse all over the place. It's like, I'd like to see more of that in politics but we don't what we see is a corruption i mean heck to the go ahead sorry sir uh we lost go, it. go ahead go. finish sorry about no 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 man I, I, i was pretty much done i mean i just like to see that more in politics I, i but we don't we see the corruption one of the one of the things one of the major reasons why and i you know i seek out your rooms you see me pop in and out of your rooms when you build them yeah one of the major reasons that our conversations have gone so well is because we actually bring some sort of nuance to what we're talking about and we're not perpetual we're not standing on platforms of um of fatalism we're not standing on platforms of rhetoric like we could both reach dig deep and be like no these are these are just kind of the facts like this is the way the world is we have um we have some support to back up our assertions what we're seeing now however is We, we have a lot of senators who who get elected based on, and you said this earlier, right? And I think it's really poignant. You have senators and house members getting elected on pure rhetoric, lies, hate speech, because yep. it, it appeals to a base um, both on both sides. It appeals to a base that there's a, a high degree of ignorance of what the, the difference between a fact and a non-fact Is that really that both sides, like, right? And, and the ill-advised um, non-separation of an ideology. That's true. These are these are problems in in American politics. Listen, and and you, I think you've heard me say this before. People are like, "Oh, thank God Trump didn't get elected." Seventy-something million people voted for him, so everyone, let's calm down, okay? He didn't yeah. get elected on a wing and a prayer. That's the first thing. The, Agree. the second thing is. Trump, whoever these whoever these um, political strategists are, we need to like we're people that want to get elected. We need to fire the old school political strategists. It comes down to very simple <laughs> yeah. things, and Trump had it. Trump had this, had that hammer to hit that nail. He said the right things always. 
Trump's Trump had two mistakes this election, and he would have won by a landslide. By a landslide. Two mistakes he made. One, he didn't force a vote on another stimulus um, close enough to the election. If he would have if he would have forced a vote on a stimulus, he would have gotten elected. Two, if he would have forced any one of three social issues, whether it be health care, cancellation of student loans, or something else. Um, but he didn't. If he would have canceled $15,000 in student loans and passed another stimulus package, he would have won by leaps and bounds. Yeah, but David, David, that's that's assuming that Donald Trump could change his ways. You know, like the, the, the man was incapable of change. I'm not here. I, like, Very again, true. this is this is getting back to my original premise. I'm not going to I'm not going to argue the cognition of individuals. These are, these are just pluses and minuses. He would have, if two things would have gone differently, the scales would have tipped the other way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also think that we can't paint both sides with the same brush, right? I, I think Democrats are a broad, multi-ethnic coalition with a big tent. And like you said, David, the folks on the right are appealing to conspiracy theorists, white nationalists, um, neo-Nazis, insurrectionists. I, I, I understand that Donald Trump got 74 million votes, but he also left office with like a 35% approval rating. So I, I just don't think the two are the same. Yeah, no, there's no, I'm not making, let, let's not get it twisted, Nathan. I'm not making a false dichotomy here. There, there is no false dichotomy. There's a, uh, there's a clear delineation between contemporary Democrats, like 20, I'd say 2002 forward Democrats uh, to, and basically the Republican Party since the 80s, right? There's there's yeah. this huge delineation. Since now, Reagan, if, if we yeah. get closer to the Reagan era, we can clearly see that there is a there, there is a synergy between Democrats and and the GOP much more closely. But ever since 2002, there's been there's been a very clear delineation in these lines. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, welcome to the conversation, Nathan. It's great to have you. I also see a bunch of uh, others, Roya, Adriana. Column. Uh, I mean, I, I love the fact that the conversation is growing. Would would love to get your guys' take. I, I mean, or just we've been kind of going at it and uh, enjoying it. Really, this is one of those discussions that we we need to see more of in America uh, and and all over the world. Because we also had for a while, or we still have, uh, Alistair joining us from Mexico. He was talking to us about the the situation in Mexico. Uh, your thoughts, Roya, Adriana. I don't know if you'd you'd like to share. Let's begin with Roya. Hi, I feel so privileged to be, um, you know, I just joined Clubhouse less than uh, two hours ago. So hey. hella privileged. To, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> yes. Um, definitely a space that I feel like in an ever increasingly small world and, you know, uh, surrounded by echo chambers. It's nice to be part of a such an uplifting and different platform. So thanks for having me. So. Yeah, I guess building unity without sacrificing ideals. You know, I think that maybe I should probably clarify first by saying that, you know, I've worked as a, um, you know, a political consultant for both, you know, state legislator races all the way to, you know, um, presidential in the last cycle on the Democratic wow. side, of course. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, I have to tell you, when it comes to the concept of unity or ideals, I can honestly say that I've never worked with on like with a candidate or tried to, you know, you know, how do I best phrase this without sounding like I am a soulless monster? Ah, just, just say it. Just say you know, it. I'm just like, <laughs> just say you know, it. 
I I guess it's maybe because it's it, you know people don't like to think about you know their electoral system and campaigns being an actual privatized industry but the reality is SKD Knickerbocker millions and millions of other millions and millions of dollars go into our electoral and campaign structure which then you know obviously influences uh for better or for worse our political institutions as well so i mean um it's a private industry where a lot of money exists and sometimes yeah i'm not going to say that when i was statewide organizing director for mike bloomberg in missouri that that was my top candidate but you know looking at the arena and looking at the likelihood you know 13 14 months ago you know sometimes it's hedging your bets the best way that you can and sometimes you know whether that's my professional or personal perspective i've had to hedge my bets on how close i can get to what a world that's going to be less shitty for yeah. me and for the people that i care about and you know it does become a zero sum game and sometimes i'm not thinking about the ideal and i'm not necessarily thinking about You know, I'm not thinking about the ideal. I'm thinking more about unity to win the game as best as I can. I'm not saying that that's good. I may, maybe I'm damned, but I don't know. You guys tell me. That's why I'm in this group. I mean, I, I love I love it's what part you're of bringing to the table. I mean, go ahead, David. I, mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, bro. Please. I was I was just gonna say I love what you're bringing to the table, Roy. I, I mean, first and foremost, you should definitely connect with Dez. Uh, you're you both of you are in the same world. Uh, this world of uh, of advising and being involved in the on the back end of politics uh, to make great things happen you bring up a topic that i think has been part of the crux of this discussion in terms of uh, there is this professionalized very almost privatized politics that forces you to make some decisions where you sacrifice your ideals eventually or you let certain things you know go that you otherwise if you weren't running for office or you otherwise if you weren't working for this candidate would stand against and i think that that phenomenon has slowly eroded like what democracy should be instead of people remaining like true to their ideals they're, re they're remaining true to their money game and it's like uh, that i think that that's what has also created a lot of polarization and a centrist middle that is very very well funded by like the powers the the monetary powers that be let's just put it that way and it's for me it's like a sad state of affairs i i, I just but it's it's but we're all still passionate about wanting to see politics work for good you know so you bring that to the table and i appreciate you doing that that's just kind of my my thoughts on it david i cut you off man what were you gonna say no i i was gonna say sometimes when you're working from within the machine it's really difficult to like live because it's your everyday sort of meandering thing it's really difficult to see beyond that those walls right and to see like the possibility of what could be or 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 radical change right because it's like this is what i do i i have to be here not have to right because none of us have to do anything we're we're mammals like any other mammal but certainly like this is what i do i'm helping people to uh, uh to uphold this like structure um let me be the greatest i can at my job so that i'm safe right so you know um there's something to be said there 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 have been calls for quite some time to defund politics right which is yeah which is something that could possibly which is something that'll that would be super healthy um 
for our political environment, I think, at the end of the day. Um, go ahead, Roy. I think I just want to bring up, like, you know, you know, honestly, there is like a geopolitical and cultural aspect of what what are these ideals that we are saying that are so centralized. So, for example, in states that I work predominantly in their actual state legislators to flip, um, you know, flip them from super red, you know, beat red to a little bit blue. You know, I'm talking about Missouri. I'm talking about Nebraska. I'm talking about these states like our ideal is that, hey, for this state legislator seat or state Senate seat that hasn't been blue for, I don't know, we're, you know, uh, let's see, we're no longer a bellwether state for the last, I don't know, 20 years. Can we at least find anybody, somebody to run against, you know, this mic that's just sitting for Republicans to, you know, take in, you know, when you're, I just, I'm not trying to say woe is me, but when you're a Democrat working and, you know, trying to get the, the ideal is going to look a little bit different for what we're looking for than, for example, in other parts of the country where it's a little bit more nuanced and the discussion is a little bit more elevated and sophisticated on, you know, the ideal. So, I mean, for us, the discussion is, at least from my personal, my humble experience, it's still like, can we just get somebody to run that's a little bit blue in this seat that hasn't seen a Democrat for years while we're just getting plowed in our state legislators? You know what I mean? And I'm not even talking about national level. I'm talking about like, you know, Missouri Senate, Missouri State, Nebraska Senate, Nebraska State. Like people are, demic it's a different piece down here. I don't know. And I mean, I'm in the dirty South myself. I'm in South Carolina, <laughs> you get right? It. So like, there's like, oh yeah, God, I. But what ends up with like, re realistically, Royal, let's let's talk in let's talk in like this these facts, man. We we get a guy, you and I, we we put our hearts and our shoulders and our foreheads and necks into a person like in my case this year, Jamie Harrison. We we raise yeah. him all the money on the planet. He's articulate, educated, everything that a South Carolina populist should want. Absolutely. And yeah. then they get voted down because he's a crip and not a blood. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the right. this <laughs> Yeah. Not to not to be a Mandalorian, but this is the way. <laughs> right? like, this is the way. <laughs> yeah, no. This is the way of the it is, it is. And you know, that's the unfortunate part. And we were also talking and you, you missed out on the, on, on this part of the discussion, Roya. Like we were talking about like the horrible gerrymandering that has also created uh, a scenario where you, you basically have communities that are represented by individuals that have nothing to do with the everyday person of that particular area that they reside in. And, and th these are the realities of politics today, which in my opinion, need to really significantly shift uh, in order for us to begin to affect change. But it's like it, this: this is this is the upstream battle. Very, yeah, and it doesn't get any better. Upstream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm open to ideas, you guys. I'm here, all ears. So. Move to South Carolina. Find another candidate. Let me help you out. Let's do this thing. All right. I just want to say I'm really enjoying the conversation. Um, one thing that I've seen um, has been effective is um, when community members, like uh, you might want to have like Antonio Altamirano and his wife join one of these conversations because they kind of moved heaven and earth to try to get uh, Biden elected. They did a lot of work and they 
really really leverage a lot of the both social capital and and just wealth that they they've been able to build as a couple so i think as our community especially the latino community um develops uh well i think we not that our ideas are going to change but i think we kind of need need um to be tapped um to step into different roles so um i think you do have um a tie-in between as as our communities building wealth and we're developing social capital that we, we kind of have to grow together my gosh adrian i'm so glad that you brought this to the table because you know earlier today i went on a rampage about different kinds of capital in a conversation off clubhouse that i was having with a friend uh you know i i think that there are different kinds of capital that we can build with and certainly in politics there's this is definitely the case and people often forget and for me i see it almost as three kinds of capital i know other people have other kinds too and i've heard this uh, academic discussion on different levels but you bring it into the political game and i love it there is monetary capital which or financial capital which most people are already always obsessed about where am i going to get the money to run my campaign but there's other kinds of capital too that gets so so undervalued it's that social capital it's that intellectual capital and it's like you could trade in politics with the other kinds of capital to eventually build up the the sufficient capital you need to get your 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 ship across the, the you know these 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 horrible waters but it's like it, it, most people forget about that and you're i think you're absolutely right adriana like i i love the fact that you brought the question of social capital in and i think you are now seeing people build on that social capital for 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 better and for worse because on the far right social capital is breeding all these lies and all this stuff but it's being built on a lot of social capital and it's being also built on a lot of knowledge that there is a lack of 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 like of certain certain uh education in certain groups so that they capitalize on that and it's intellectual knowledge that they're capitalizing on it's social capital that they're capitalizing on to generate monetary capital for the hollies of the world i i mentioned earlier holly has just hit his number one fundraising time uh, ever in elected office after the insurrection that is just it blows my mind that that is happening right now but it is and then you have it on the flip you got it on the other side where you see the squad and you see kind of the demonization of the squad because uh, they're on the left and what has happened there but they've been building on grassroots movements on 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 that kind of and i think in that case for good but you see it and there's 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 some people now beginning to build with these other capitals which i think may be a key to eventually not sacrificing one's own ideals use, utilizing other forms of capital as you point out Adriana so i love it thanks for bringing that to the table i think with the squad too we have like this intersectional thing going on from far right um let me i i want to be more diplomatic from like far right thinkers where it's not only playing into their policy praxis or what they'd like to see in the in the na in the aggregate national policy pipeline but there's also a heavy hand of like just straight up racism like not not even subliminal racism just like straight up racism and there's an even heavier hand of like just straight up 
old school misogyny, right? Yeah. If it were, and let me be clear about this. So, and I've had this conversation with some political scientists that that I chill with. If if the squad were four six foot three white upper crust males that were still Democrat and still had the same policy platform, they wouldn't get a quarter of the pushback that that um, AOC. Omar and the rest get right yeah. the reason that they get so much pushback and the reason that media has continued to sustain a message of like negative uh, or a deficit based ideology about them and perpetuated it is specifically because they are women of color that are part of the BIPOC community like that's what's going on here too heavy heavy dose of misogyny absolutely yeah, I mean, I mean, truth, <laughs> thoughts from uh, from the gang. I mean, Des, you've been awfully quiet, uh, but I know, I know you've got, I, I know you've got some heavy opinions on these subjects. No, I, I do agree. I do agree that there's a lot of misogyny, um, but I also think that there's, um, you know what? No, that's all I'll say. There's a lot of misogyny. Uh, there's a lot of information out there and reps that are talking one-on-one with uh, their constituents and the greater good, which is ultimately, ultimately a good thing. Um, and we're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah. Jack, any, any, any thoughts on what has been discussed thus far? We're just kind of going around the table, uh, you know, and, and just to recap or get people's, thoughts out continue the discussion yeah you know um i agree with des and and everything that was just said but i do think it's more powerful that it is you know women um especially women of color uh that are the the leaders of the movement um just because they haven't been represented in in congress thus far and and now that they're in there they're the ones representing uh the new ideas as well so yeah. uh, you know uh some people have said, you know, all press is good press. So I'll go in with uh, with that attitude. Absolutely, man. Jell, your thoughts, buddy. We, we we got into this discussion because of you, Jell. You were the one that brought up about the whole concept of elected officials not really representing the community. I mean, look, man, what AOC and them are doing is a start. But we're still a long way away, long ways away from, you know, really being represented. Um, and it's going to take involvement from everyone. You feel me? I'm not huge into politics. And you know that I'd rather have conversations about business and all of that stuff. But yeah. the truth is that the people that represent us affect the way that we do business and the way that, you know, businesses themselves are, are going to be handled. So... It's, it's going to take people like me who are not into politics to really get into the people that we're helping elect to represent us. And that's all I got to say. Oh, my gosh. No doubt, man. No doubt. And it's, it's that you're absolutely right. I mean, knowing so I, I, I have been in the entrepreneurial world for the better part of the last decade of my life. And it's been I know for a fact that the level of support small businesses get, the level of support nonprofits, uh, social entrepreneurial endeavors get, 
really do depend heavily on who's in there and what their what what their agenda is all about. And I think I think most of that has has got has become super clear during pandemic times. And I'm I I couldn't agree with you more, Alistair. You've been kind of quiet, but you're the one that brought Mexico into the mix and corruption. Has has this conversation shifted your mindset a little bit or? Just uh, what are your thoughts on politics after the conversation has, has is almost nearing its end here? What 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 are your thoughts as you've listened in? Well, well, it got me thinking about the well, at least the uh, misogynistic part. Well, at least in Mexico, yeah, I would say <laughs> there is some level of misogyny. If I'm honest with you. I know some uh, well older folks now, but they were saying that a woman could never be like president of a government, and it's like it's it is it is a prevalent thing at least in Mexico. I would say Latin America in general. Women, I would say they are un unrepresented at least in Mexico, but it is changing though. I mean, I've seen a lot more female candidates now, and very strong female candidates too. There's really a really strong one running for uh, uh, the state of Querétaro. She looks promising. So, yeah, basically that. But I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I still have a, a bit of a cynic approach to at least Mexican politics. But, I mean, I, I'm going to get it. I'm going to start studying politics again. I mean, I have to get into it to have a better opinion. But, you know, I, I kind of got a bit frustrated with it and stopped uh, I know reading about it a lot so I'm gonna try and pick it up again and I'll tell you what I think I mean I would think that you would be and, and for those that don't know and that are just joining us Alistair has been a regular on a lot of conversations uh, different conversations uh, throughout Clubhouse and I, I have had a blast in, in our conversations with him because this 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 kid's amazing i mean he's he's like working on spaceship rocket things and then he's also working on like social entrepreneurial endeavors and then he's working like with with mit and i, I mean he's doing all sorts of cool things and one of my biggest challenges with alistair throughout our conversations has been like you should be the person involved in like the middle of a lot of these political things if not the politician yourself certainly in 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 some of these matters because we need more minds like like yours alistair and i thanks for fixing the audio thing that your audio whatever you're on now is is 10 times better um adriana uh your thoughts uh as you heard us all kind of go around the table this this evening i know you you caught us at the tail end but any any kind of crystallizing pieces of 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 aha moments you had in our discussion this evening I think you guys need to run. Uh, you need to run again. So, <laughs> preparing the next generation and Gloria and Death need to get going with some of the, you know, powering some of those campaigns. I think we need to get more people in, in positions of, of power. And uh, unity can only be brought about by leadership. And we need that kind of leadership that understands different communities and values uh, what we stand for. So. But yeah, I was I was, enjoy, I was enjoying the conversation while I was working out. So <laughs> I, I I love the fact that you spent your workout time with us, and I see that you're the that you're you're putting in your own kind of granito de arena towards all of this. You're the founder of Latinx uh, America Media. You're a podcast host. I mean, these are the types of things we need to be talking about, and I'm I'm glad that you're you're also really involved in on 
on these matters because we we need to get the word out on these things, particularly with with La Comunidad Latina. And I I, I love 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 your profile. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and you might hear I have two kids running around back here too. So, um, and and part of what we're doing right now is I just launched a mini network because I'm trying to increase the number of Latinx um, podcasters and the number of content creators. They don't have to talk about tech like we do. I yeah. primarily interview entrepreneurs, um, VCs, angels, and also founders. But we really need to get our community talking about all kinds of different things, and that's the only way we're going to be able to kind of mobilize. Wow. Well, I agree with you. Uh, let's talk offline. Add me on your Twitter or Instagram and then let's talk offline because I'd love to get you involved with the organization I lead uh, just so that we can share resources because we're we're we, we're about the same things. And so that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Go ahead. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Roya, your your crystallizing thoughts as uh, as we kind of wind down our chat for the evening. We've been going at it for uh, about all, an hour and a half, but crystallizing thoughts uh, on what you heard and what it made you think about, you know, as, as we entertain the conversation today. Honestly, maybe I struck gold. But I don't know. Maybe it's beginner's luck, but this was one of the most riveting. I mean, it's the only group I've actually just joined on uh, Clubhouse, but Aww. yeah, I'm, I'm following all of you guys. I hope to be pulled into more discussions. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is exactly what the type of, um, I feel like this, there hasn't been room for public discourse for normal people like us to have yeah. in a long time. Yeah. Free or, you know, don't, I can't even blame it on Miss Rhoda. So, I mean, like, this is the space that hasn't existed um, when it comes to such a polarized society that we have right now. This is the, we need this public forum to exist for us to actually just go ahead and break through our echo chamber so thank you so much Hector you're such a good moderator man oh thanks I, I appreciate that you know I, I've loved every second just like you whenever when when I got on Clubhouse I was like oh this is going to be <laughs> like and I just think you know my, li my little eyes like twinkled and everything uh, so I, I love it for the same reasons that you love it and I appreciate you saying that what we're what I'm trying to do and and, and a lot of the, the friends that we've made here is I'm trying to come on regularly in the evenings uh, and then regularly in the mornings as well. And in the mornings, I, I try to do a little bit more Spanish. Uh, so I have a profile and I, I realized that like for those of us that are multilingual, just kind of like a tip. It's like um, if you are going to be speaking in both languages, the the algorithm completely devastates like that opportunity because it starts pinging people it starts telling like the english speakers when you're speaking in spanish that you're speaking and then they all go in there wondering like why am i in a spanish room and then the opposite happens so to avoid all that i just created two accounts i have like my hector h lopez underscore es account that's for spanish and then i just have my hector h lopez which i pretty much use everywhere uh as as like my other but I love it for the same reasons, Roya. So I hope you can join us uh, on other conversations in the future. We try to mix up the topics. I mean, we've gone to town. Dave, David, David and I have gone to town in education. I kid you not, David. And I want to get to your comments. I like kind of crystallize the night. But I kid you not, David, like the conversation I have with you, bro, I love it. And I can't wait until the pandemic's over. And maybe we can hang out in the same city one of these days. Because I always love how deep our conversations go. Yeah, man, these are facts. Like, 
you're you're one of the people that I straight up actually enjoy sort of conversing with because again I think there's just like a level of nuance right that that we can get to I love the fact that you you've worked at the border too so you know what it's like man you know being part of that like cross-sectional transnational thing which I I always love hanging out with people like border people because you know they they have such a different rich experience about um just like these relationships between Mexico y lo que se dice el otro lado right so yeah. it's cool now, You're, are you still in the, are you still in the are you still in the south of Texas bro yeah I mean so right now I split my time between El Paso Texas my hometown where I was born and raised and Mexico uh, Mexico City just because of the nature of the organization I lead it's a it's an organization that does work throughout the Americas and so I pretty much split my time between both of those places uh, and I I mean El Paso has my heart bro I mean it's like it's what it's what it's where man it's, it's where I wish I could do a lot more and and I, I do want to do a lot more but sometimes these these very issues that we're talking about here this evening kind of prevent you from from doing more because of just powers that be and barriers and obstacles that people put in your place and like it's it's hard but it's shaped who i am like i love the fact that i can speak to two realities the mexicano reality and the american reality and then the kind of the the gray area in between you know no pues si es muy bello y eso también porque we don't have enough of that perspective yeah. oye sabes que wow. una vez que se acabe la pandemia nos echamos un trago en Tepico como te va oh I love that claro que si claro que si <laughs> alright okay Porque, man I, I, I worked um, after undergrad I, I worked uh, for uh, Medicos Sin Fronteras and we opened an uh, inoculation clinic in Tepito dude I loved it man. it was Bro, like, such a great experience we gotta talk man I mean I so my, my best friend's a doctor my cousin's a doctor my uh, fiance is a doctor. I mean, we're surrounded by doctors and we're all about the social causes, man. So yeah, Medicos Sin Fronteras, man, we could talk. Oh, I love that. I mean, hell yeah, I love it. Um, Des, uh, I mean, you, you were one of the first to have our conversation. Like, I mean, crystallizing thoughts from a politico like yourself. Just, just exciting stuff. And I like connecting with people. Um, people on here and just like in this digital age um, I think that we're going to see campaigns be a, a different and and uh, elected officials are, are already being held more accountable so yeah. um, I think all in all it's a good thing and yeah the border has my heart as well um, from El Paso uh, the border means everything to me um, and so I'm also working on things in that realm and making sure that at the state level, um, there are opportunities for elected officials to meet diputados in Mexico. Like, that's crazy to me wow. that that's not the norm. And um, I lived in Mexico City for uh, a little bit and had an amazing opportunity to meet with some people in the current administration. and. I, that's something I'm working on to get Texas officials um, to to be there, and I've already successfully done it with um, my my old boss uh, from Laredo. But um, I'm really looking forward to doing more of that. Well, we we can maybe collaborate on some of that. I I can. Uh, there's there's one person I hope to get on this um, 
conversation. She's an amazing politician from, from Monterrey, Mexico. And uh, I met her when she was 16. And like, she had like a super mind. She was involved in an educational program I was a part of. And it's like, uh, this, she's making waves. I think one day she may be Presidenta de Mexico at some point, but we, we should talk. We should talk offline at some point on how, how we can collaborate on our, uh, on, on our projects. It was, I can't thank you guys. Enough. Yes. Yeah, we will. I can't thank you guys enough. Heather, I, it's so, it's such a shame you, you joined us at the tail end, but I, I want to invite you to be a part of our discussion. It seems like you'd be right up that, uh, right up the, the, the alley of the conversation we had this evening, but um, you know, I, hopefully you can join us for more discussions. I don't know if you have any thoughts uh, of the last tail end of the conversation you heard. Yeah, I I was like flipping through rooms and I was like, oh, this one looks good. <laughs> and then I come in here and I'm like, oh man, I definitely got here at the end and I definitely think I would have really enjoyed this conversation. So yeah, definitely interested for, for future ones. Thank well, you. So so what we're trying to do, Heather, is just do it every evening and just go to take some deep dives and be real. So if you want to be a part of it, just come by, uh, add yourselves, uh, just follow me on uh, clubhouse i have two accounts the spanish account is hector h lopez underscore es and then the regular english account is just at hector h lopez and that way you can see where where i am in 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 clubhouse and then also be part of the conversations and i if you have one that i that you think i should be a part of just ping me in i love this app so uh we will see you everybody mañana ciao ciao